Hello again. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the New York 20 Podcast. My name is Tom. And I am John, back again. We were here talking about sports, going at it as hard as we can. Well, trying to anyway. So for the next 20 minutes, you're going to have to listen to us complain about our teams and <laughs> things, are, things are looking relatively up. Well, yeah, you know, with baseball starting and both teams off to okay starts so far. I mean, yeah. you know, better than advertised at the beginning of the season, preseason. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm more encouraged than I was probably, I don't know how many hours, four days ago was, but four <laughs> days ago. Yeah, definitely. Let's jump right into it with the Yankees. <clears throat> Let's start with your Yankees. Yeah. What do you think, uh, week one? Uh, week one, uh, week one was uh, left a lot to be desired. Uh, week one and a half, I feel a lot better. Week Last couple one, games, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, week one was was pretty problematic because the Yankees didn't pitch. Okay, a ton of runs. Uh, the, the games that they won, they won with CeCe Zabathia and Andy Pettit throwing a combined, I don't know, 16, 17 innings and allowing one run. Yeah. yeah well, like, you're not going you're not gonna win if you don't get a good start. That's it. That's the name of the game. It always has been. So. Yeah. And the games they lost, they, they pitched horribly. You know, uh, Kuroda, I know, had the injury in his hand. Uh, Hughes has an injury with his back every 10 minutes. Right. And Nova has an injury with his ability to throw the ball to the corners of the plate or outside the strike zone, causing batters to swing and miss. He has a real <laughs> problem with that. He excels at throwing the ball down the middle third of the plate and allowing hitters to hit the ball whatever they want. Right. So, Belt high right out over the plate. Yeah, That's yeah. not what you want to do. You challenge hitters yeah. with your 94-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. <laughs> it worked out really well for A.J. Burnett, and he's down in Pittsburgh. <laughs> but, yes, right now the Yankees uh, have shown signs of life. The The interesting aspect of their start was the pitching was not thought to be the issue, right? Going into the year, said the pitching's going to be great. You know, they have all these starters, but the hitting was going to be the problem. Right. All these guys are out. All these guys are traded. So many injuries. It's going to be a struggle early on. And you look at the way these uh, these hitters have started. Hafner, Euclid, uh, Vernon Wells has been a revelation. I cannot believe it. How long till he gets busted <laughs> for steroids? Uh, ten minutes. <laughs> ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, Vernon uh, Wells has always been a very good hitter. Yes. He's a guy who admitted to pressing after signing his big contract. He mm-hmm. said he's trying to hit more home runs to earn the $126 million. And in the last couple of years in, in Anaheim, he's been in everybody else's shadow. You know, That's true. I mean, I don't know how much of a fair shake he ever really got. I mean, he, yeah. got, he got that big deal. He didn't pan out the first year, and I think it was the following offseason that they basically replaced him with Torrey Hunter. Yeah. And since then, they've just been replacing him either, you know, from their own system or from outside the organization with other people. And he kept bouncing around. Then he wasn't a center fielder anymore. He was a left fielder. Then he was a right fielder. Then he was the fourth outfielder. Now he's not playing. And he's, it, just, it yeah. was a slippery slope that I don't know if he ever had the full chance to kind of, you know, get accustomed to that deal, playing under that pressure, not in Toronto, in a, in a, in a bigger city, in a bigger market like yeah. L.A. You know, it reminds me a lot of when Carlos Beltran came over to the Mets. You sure. know, the first year he's here, he had a down year by his standards, enormously down. But then he worked it out, and he hit 41 home runs the yeah. next year. So, you know, if you don't give the guy a chance, uh, who knows? Yeah, Vernon Wells is, is, was a very interesting pickup by uh, by Cashman. He got a lot of criticism for, for adding this payroll to the team. He had a big contract. Uh, from what I read, it seems like this isn't going to affect their cap of $189 million next mm-hmm. year, even though there's another year remaining because of the way they figured out to trick the system to make it right. cheaper well, for basically the Basically, they're going to pay him all the money this year. Yeah. 
and so. it counts this year. So that that's good. And he's he's always been a great hitter. I, I, I've always been a big Vernon Wells fan. Mm-hmm. And when he signed the big contract, he was one of the best outfielders in baseball. Absolutely. He was very deserving of that contract when he got it. I yeah. mean, nobody would argue with that. Yeah. And uh, what you see now is the guy who's hitting line drives off the wall in left field, not swinging for the fences, pulling the ball hard. He, he has some holes in his swing. You can probably get him down or away with pitches. But he's a guy who you can count on as a right-handed power bat, which they didn't have. You know, no. I think one of the biggest things they were lacking, especially with A-Rod out, is there's no pop from the right, right. side. Well, with A-Rod and Teixeira gone. I yeah. mean, obviously Teixeira's a switch hitter, but yeah, he brings a bit of that too. Teixeira is still, to me, is a question mark. I don't think they know for sure what, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's getting checked out by the doctor soon to see if he can actually start swinging a bat or if they have to amputate his hand or what <laughs> the next step for him is. If the hand amputation might be a problem, I think, playing with a hook. Yeah, it'll be difficult. tough. It'll be tough. But Granderson's progressing. And then Jeter, you know, Jeter, I think, who's taking BP this week, he's hopefully yeah. getting close because Eduardo Nunez is so bad defensively. It's it's really... <sighs> he's a butcher out there. It's, it's embarrassing. And I've, I've played some shortstop in my day, and I don't claim <laughs> to be the best shortstop in the world, but when a one hopper gets by you and you're falling backwards when it goes by you, it's, it's just it's not good. It's You don't no. want to be doing that in the major no, league No, I'd level. rather have Jeter out there on one leg yeah. than, than Nunez yeah. out there. He is just a butcher everywhere they put him. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how he's, people are so enamored with him. I, I, I get he hits the ball a little bit, but a little, not, a little. not that much, right? I mean, I don't yeah. watch the Yankees as much as you do, obviously. But to me, he doesn't seem like a guy who hit, tears the cover off the ball. Where you're like, oh, let's hide him somewhere, yeah. and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get his licks, and, and he's gonna help us on offense. It doesn't seem like he's that kind of player. So. Uh, Nunez is an interesting player because he's shown more pop to his bat, more extra mm-hmm. base power in the major leagues than he ever did in his minor league career. And his one real true asset is his speed. He's a, he's a very speedy player, can right. steal bases for you and all that. But I don't think he's anything more than just a, a stolen base runner. If maybe if he can learn the outfield, he'd be a useful fourth outfielder. Right. He can come in, pinch run, go and steal some bases, and spell a guy every once in a while. But beyond that, Nunez really is not that talented offensively and clearly not at all talented defensively. No, he is just a butcher. He's an absolute butcher out there. It's bad. And this is not to to praise Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter has tons of defensive problems, but when a ball is within his extremely limited range, he will get to the ball and he'll right. turn it into yeah, a I mean, he's still almost 40 years old. He doesn't have the range that he had once, but yes, when you hit the ball at him, generally speaking, it's going to go in his glove. He's going to take it and throw it to whatever base. Yeah. He's going to get it out. That's yeah. pretty much the long and short of it for Derek Jeter. The other, uh, the other aspect that we touched on briefly is Kevin Euclid. Kevin Euclid is, I, I hate him. Uh, I yeah. can't, I really. He looks like a Martian. He's weird. Without facial he's weird. Can we like just a, be honest about that? Yeah. He looks like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Maybe not, uh, actually. I've heard otherwise. You know, maybe. Um, I'm coming around on him. <laughs> but he looks like a freak of nature without facial hair. It's they very might want to get a little more lenient just yeah, I'm for hoping, the I'm next hoping couple months. <laughs> maybe the Steinbrenners can sell, sell the team in the next couple of weeks, yeah. sell it to like Mark Cuban or something like that, and he can implement his Dirk Nowitzki hair policy where you can have whatever you want on your face and head and yeah. you know, it doesn't become a problem. But it, it, Kevin Euclid does look really weird. It's... I don't know. I can't get used to it. But I will say that my favorite moment with Kevin Euclid so far was the other day against Cleveland. The Yankees are up big. Uh, Cano hits a bomb of a home run. 
and the next pitch, the uh, the pitcher goes and hits him up high and tight, up in the shoulder, up near his head, mm-hmm. and Euclid put his head down, kind of stared him down a little bit. Pitcher was tossed immediately. Euclid went to first base. Yankees continue. Next at bat, Euclid gets up, hits a home run. Like yeah. that—that's how you have to respond. That's to me. Anytime yeah. that happens, that—that's always one of my favorite things. And the fact they did it for Yankee, that was very endearing from my part. Yeah. Well, he's—he's he's always been that kind of player. You know, he's gritty, and that's—that's yeah. that's why you can love him when he's on your team and hate him when he's not. You yeah. know, he is that kind of guy. And uh, you know, I—I I, I thought when they brought him in, especially you know with the the uncertainty around a rod. I really thought that it was going to be – it was a great move for them. It really was. Great insurance policy because, you know, especially now with the injury to Teixeira on top of the yeah. injury to A-Rod, you know, is a guy who can play both corners probably, you know, at a close to gold glove caliber, at least yeah. earlier in his career he, he could. He won one at first, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, listen, you're going to have him out there. And again, like you said earlier – He's a right-handed bat. Yeah. Not necessarily huge. a right-handed pop bat. I mean, he's not known for his power, like overwhelming power. Sure. But he's going to hit you a bunch of home runs. He's probably going to hit 300 this year. So Yeah, uh, listen, know? I'll take that in a heartbeat. Plus, he takes walks. You know, he works the count. He well, does those things. He does that, do that, yeah. He does those things that you're missing with Swisher out of your, your lineup. So, yeah. I, I think it's a and very good... And maybe he'll get a hit in the postseason if the Yankees get Yeah, it, Which yeah. Swisher never could do. Which so. <laughs> I know he did firsthand because I watched him win World Series with the Red Sox. So, right. I know that he can do that. <laughs> So it'll be interesting. I think uh, the other thing, too, the Yankees were playing the Cleveland Indians and looked really good. The Yankees were playing the Boston Red Sox and didn't look so good. Right. Your opponent definitely determines how well you look. It's an incredibly small sample size. You can't get too hyped up over any kind of numbers yet. No, I mean, we're we're barely, what, halfway into the second week, basically, at this point. So, yeah, you can't get too worked up. But Cleveland has no pitching, and I think that's the big thing to take away from it. But, you know, like you said earlier on, the Yankees were going to live and die by their pitching, and they were expected to have good pitching, especially as they try to stem the tide to getting some of their offensive guys back, Grandison mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, um, you know, they're going to go out there and against the, a, a team like the Indians, you know, you're going to put up some runs. You can kind of deal with some lackluster pitching. Even though they got some good pitching on top of it, that's yeah. what's going to allow you to blow out a team, you know, 14 nothing or whatever yeah. they won by the other day. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. Facing a team like that with the kind of pitching staff that they have makes you look real good. So we'll see. As much as God hates Cleveland, and that's been pretty well established <laughs> in our time, yeah, it's interesting to me that Cleveland continues to get benefits from uh, what would be classified as godlike things, such as rain. Yeah, raining out the last two games of what would probably would have been a sweep, uh, and Bugs attacking Jabba Chamberlain and making <laughs> him basically his whole career go down uh, down the toilet yeah. compared to where he was. Yeah, so, well, at least he shaved that mustache. Speaking yeah, of facial hair that yeah. looks out of place. He my, is quite uh, the opposite of Euclid. He my, looked like a weirdo. He looked like Super Mario. Is it, is it odd, too, that it's the two of them that had that problem? Yeah. Like, you know, Jabba's throwing at Euclid, and Euclid's is shaving, and Jabba's growing a mustache just to spite him. <laughs> there is a huge soap opera going on there. What's the over-under on amount of time before Euclid grows a mustache? What do you think? I, I think he'll do it, and it's it's just going to look even... It's, he needs the beard. He needs to have that full... Yeah. Like, cover up that entire ugly face that he has. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to come around on him. It's just, it's very difficult. It's tough. Listen, it's like a long time hating a guy. Imagine Shane Victorino was a Met tomorrow. Then deal with that. Exactly. Whatever problems the Mets outfield have, Shane Victorino will not cure them. He would be, what, the third highest paid outfielder on the Mets? He would be the third highest paid outfielder behind Bobby Bonilla and Jason Bay, I believe. (laughs) That's that's terrible. Bobby Bonilla, who's only been retired for 10 years. Bobby Bonilla has the best contract of all time. Hey, listen, A Rod's got some good deals and he got a ton of money, but everybody hates him now. Bobby Bonilla is chilling. 
chilling. Is he be chilling until he's 70 and still yeah. getting paid a million and a half dollars by the Mets? Whatever. I don't know. Let's not even talk about that. But speaking of contracts, <laughs> let's talk about this uh, Cano business. We touched on yeah, it briefly last time. Yeah, I love it. Um, now, Jay-Z... Uh, who seems to be a man who wears many hats and wears them well. I'm um, so happy. Has now become a sports agent in the last week. Why not? And, well, absolutely. Why not? If you were he's him, Jay-Z. what else would you do? I mean, the guy's a master businessman. He's made all the money he can know what to do with at this point. Yeah. So why not? He's a sports fan. Screw it. Get involved. He famously has signed Cano. He's the first guy that he snatched up. And I think that bodes well for him re-signing with the Yankees. Certainly more so than with Boris. I mean, Boris is going to make you test the open market. And Jay-Z is a Yankee fan. So it is, it is the polar opposite of problems by having Jay-Z as your agent versus Scott Boris. Scott Boris is going to leave and take the most money no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. If the, the most money is being offered by the Nippon Ham Fighters, then he's going to play in Japan. Right. And the, the, really, the client has nothing to say about that. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z is, first of all, like you said, noted businessman, but made a Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee can, according to him. <laughs> yeah. So if he's going to do that, if he's going to be wearing a Yankee hat during the negotiations, I think that's a, a very big advantage in the Yankees' favor. Absolutely. So that's huge. I think that just says that Cano wants to be here. You right. know, his father had kind of hinted at it in the spring. He wants to, he'll take a seven- or eight-year deal or something like that, and that seems like a, a palatable type of contract. He wants to be here. Boris clearly didn't want that, and that's why they split. Right. So it's huge. And he's your cornerstone player. Absolutely. 30 years old. He rakes. He's a gold-glove second baseman. He's everything you can need. And he's that, that transition. You know, we're going away from the Jeter years. We're trying to get into this next era. You need Robinson Cano. Without him, you don't really have a face of the franchise. No, you really don't. You really don't. Speaking of transitioning from one era to another, we'll move on from the Yankees now to my Mets. Yeah. And how could you talk about the Mets without talking about Matt Harvey? First Matt and Harvey. So we had the pleasure of actually watching him in person, which is <laughs> we did pretty from, incredible. Pretty close from way, way up there. It was freezing. I don't recommend going to a game that early. It in was April, cold, but, <laughs> but uh, addition to the weather being cold, the Padres' bats were very cold that night. Yes. I don't know how much contact they made. Is not were, much. Were a lot of strikeouts and not a lot of pitches. <laughs> Not much. Certainly not much contact made. I mean, Harvey was out there to make a statement. I think, you know, the fact that his first start of the year was against the Padres, really the only team last year that gave him any trouble. He had a bad start against the Padres in San Diego, and I really think that that stuck with him, and he is that type of competitor. You know, pregame, they had him on, um, and it was going to be really cold that night, like we said, and they asked him, you know, how, how do you feel? How do you prepare differently? And he's like, listen, you know, I'm an East Coast kid. I'm from Connecticut. I played baseball my whole life. I've pitched in this weather before. And to me, it's just another game. And he comes out there. He's got no long sleeves on. He's throwing 97-mile-an-hour fastballs in the first inning and 97-mile-an-hour fastballs in the seventh that. inning. And that is just – he's untouchable. You know, he's just – right now, he is he is that good, and I am very excited as a Met fan. I'm most impressed by the no long sleeves. It was cold and it windy and cold. miserable in that stadium yes. and there were by about 30 people left by the end of the game but all 30 people were standing on their feet well maybe not me but everybody was standing on their feet <laughs> cheering for matt harvey yeah um and then it went to latroy hawkins and 
It got a little right. hairy, but they won. It did. Well, then they brought in Parnell, which they probably shouldn't have had to, but he closed the door pretty well. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I mean, listen, the guy is, by all accounts, he's the real deal. I know he's only had a handful of starts in the major leagues, but just everything from his stuff to the way he carries himself. I think that's huge. You need, you need that from especially from a young pitcher in New York. you got to have that kind of bulldog attitude, and it seems Absolutely. like he does. And I think nothing is more evident than the fact that in his second start, you know, against a better lineup in mm-hmm. a better hitter's park because he just pitched in Philly, um, I mean, he shut them down yeah. in Philadelphia, and he did not have his best stuff. I watched both games from start to finish, and he still went seven innings. He allowed one run on three hits and struck out nine. You know, so you're looking at 14 innings, uh, I think about three or four walks, 19 strikeouts. Yeah, four hits, and one four run. Four hits, one run. That's that's good. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Really good. And, and it's not against that, you know, the hapless Padres. So. Yeah. So now it's the sustainability thing, especially for, again, for a young pitcher. It's do you carry this out? Is this a whole year thing? Do you mm-hmm. hit a wall once you get to an innings number? You know, there are these question marks around young pitchers. Right. But from all the makes of his buildup, it seems like Harvey's the kind of guy who definitely has the potential, at least, to have this carry out through the whole season. Yeah, well, you know what? Last year they shut him down. Uh, he probably would have had, like, maybe uh, two starts more. You yeah. know, they, they, they had an innings limit on him, and they said there's no limit this year. So that's good. We'll see if he can get to 200 innings, which is a big goal for him. Yeah. He's the type of guy that, you know, in the first inning, he'll throw that 97-mile-an-hour fastball when he's got to get it by people. And uh, But then he pitches mostly in that 93, 94, 95 range. Right. And so he saves those bullets. You know, he keeps them in his back pocket. That allows him to do it again at the end of the game. That's you know, sad. he doesn't gas himself <coughs> early on just trying to throw it by guys. He pitches. And, uh, you know, the guy he reminds me most of, and I'm not going to call him this. I wouldn't. It's crazy. It's early. It's too early. But he is in the mold. Body type, free and easy delivery, velocity, and the way he pitches. He reminds me of Verlander. Well, that's that's about as good as uh, as high a praise as you can give someone, right? Justin Verlander is the MVP in Cy Young winning. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be that, but he that's what he reminds me of. He's got yeah. that mindset, my, that mindset rather, and he just he goes after it. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to be really good for a really long time. So, so he's going to end up with a supermodel as a girlfriend, trophy wife. Yeah, probably good for him. <laughs> So if you got to talk about the good, you got to talk about some bad. With yeah, the let's, I mean, let's, you know, listen, they've done better so far than people may have expected. But uh, Ike Davis, a little down after a big spring, and obviously all the trouble he had in the first half last year. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not too worried about it right now. But I think the fact that he had such a slow start last year has to mean something. You know, at least it may be to him or or to his doubters, his naysayers, and uh, you know, I just think that. He's, he's going to do everything he can to turn it around, obviously. He's another guy who's got a lot of pride. He's got a lot of confidence. And uh, I'm not too worried about it. But, again, coming off the heels of last year makes you think a little bit. Did, like, he, did he use up all of his power on that monstrous home run he hit in the game that Harvey <laughs> started that hit Shea Bridge? It may be. About halfway up Shea Bridge. Maybe, yeah. It might have been the longest home run I've ever I think he hit it to the Whitestone person. Bridge. I yeah, think he- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The uh, Tappan Z. That was it. Was a bomb. Yeah, it, it was like it might be one of the longest crushed. home runs I've ever seen in person before. Yeah, that was a that was a monster shot. So he still has obviously he still has the pop, and that that's not going to be an issue. But he just he's not hitting, not getting on base, getting dropped by fantasy teams. It's yeah, pretty, I, you know, doesn't look good. It doesn't look good right now. But again, it, it's one of those things where they don't really have a lot of depth at that position. So yeah. I think they're going to ride it well, out. Plus, yeah. 
I think they just want to know what they have in Ike Davis. I don't think that they're 100% sure on what he is yet. Obviously, he bounced back tremendously last year, hit 32 home runs, and yeah. 90 RBIs, and that's huge. But I don't think they know because that was really the first time he ever had a full year. And even that was, you know, coming off the ankle injury the year before and the Valley Fever scare at the beginning of the year. So how much of a full year was it really? He didn't play a lot in the spring that year. And, you know, so now they're looking at this to kind of be like the benchmark of like what he can possibly do. I, th- I think, it, obviously, like, I think mean, is a great example, right? Cano, the first week of the season, had three hits, and then the next game had, like, five hits. Mm-hmm. And then three of them were home runs. And he, he obviously turned around very quickly, and his numbers went from atrocious to, to excellent. Right. So look at a sample size this small and, and declare Ike Davis a bust, a slow starter, dead, anything like that, I think is even premature. So uh, six weeks, I think, is a good amount of time, right? right. If, we, if we're to the middle of May and he's still on the interstate with his batting average— then, then you start to be maybe a little bit more concerned of him being a slow starter or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Big picture in his career. But even with that, if he finishes the year hitting another 30 home runs and 100 RBIs right. and, and does his job at first base, then how much did that slow start kill you? Guys do that. It right. happens. Exactly. And I really think good guys do that. It happens. Well, Teixeira has been yeah. notorious for doing that. And I, I think that that's, that's what they're trying to figure out, I mm-hmm. think, at this point. You know, because, listen... I, I think the Mets are at that point where they're turning the corner. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of people said how bad this year was going to be, and obviously it's going to the pitching is going to have to carry them. Yeah, and we've had some ups and downs. Harvey, terrific. Nice has been terrific, but with some injuries and and you know no Wheeler yet and stuff like that, we've had like basically three empty spots, three question marks yeah. in the rotation, and they're only going to go as far as that takes you, but. I don't think that this year is going to be as bad as last year or the year before. I think they bottomed out then, and I think they're trying to transition now to stability. And, um, you know, one of the things that was brought up today, which I thought was very interesting, is, um, you know, this potential uh, deal for what it would take to get uh, Giancarlo Stanton in a Met uniform. Ah, do it. I don't know. I I don't know what it would take, but sign me up for that. The guy is 23 years old. He has 100 major league home runs already and he is a monster of crazy uh you know listen there was talk that it would take you know let's start with wheeler and and darno and go from there and you know obviously i don't think you can do that you don't trade a potential ace pitcher and a tough and an all-star catcher but it's just that it's potential yeah yeah you're talking these are these are kids these are guys that you don't know and right. how old is Giancarlo Stanton 23 how old are those other guys um I think Wheeler is probably right on par 23 24 years old yep. Darno is a little bit older yeah so we uh yeah Stanton is younger than both guys and he so has he has 100 home runs in the major leagues already yes yeah. as a professional yes and these other guys that may be good they, listen they may be great but yeah you have a known quantity and it, when you think of it the other end too what would Florida be looking for that that's kind of the haul you should get for somebody like Giancarlo Stanton. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, um, you know, the hope is going to be, well, at least for Mets fans, that we, you know, if, if we could ever be so lucky to get a guy like Stanton playing right field. But I think the fit is natural. Yeah. You know, he's young enough where you could trade some of those pieces, those big pieces, and justify bringing him here. Yeah. Plus, he's a right-handed hitter, which this lineup needs. Yeah. He's got a lot of power, which this, obviously, which yeah. this lineup desperately needs. So he fills a lot of voids where you can justify making a move like that. But I think what I would like to see is, I mean, this trade's not going to happen tomorrow. 
It's not going to happen. It might not even happen this season. And you would imagine that these guys, Wheeler and Darno, are going to be up this season with the big club. Right. And once they come up and they show what they can do, they're no longer prospects. Makes them a little bit more difficult to let go. Right. So then, but they have a lot of power arms in the minors. They got Syndergaard and the Dickey trade, and they have a lot of guys that are coming the next wave. So if those guys, you're talking in the winter, if those guys have approached Triple A and and are on the bubble. Now you're talking about some other guys you might be able to build a package around. And listen, you might still have to give up a Wheeler or a Darno or, you know, if Davis has a big year or a Duda or has a big year, somebody off your major league team. Yeah. But I think it'll be a little easier to swallow once you see what these other players can do. And, and look, you have that flexibility right now because you're still in this rebuilding phase. And right. if you go and tell the fans, hey, we just got Giancarlo Stanton. Right. It'll, it would be the same impact saying to Nick fans, hey, we just got Carmelo Anthony. We may not right. be good yet, but we just got this guy, so we're going to be good really exactly. sh- really soon. Plus, again, he's 23, not 29. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. He as far as we be... know, th- those ages change a lot of the time, too. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he's 34. But <laughs> as far as we can tell, he's 23 years old. So right. that's good. Right. But you know, so we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. But you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't think the year is going to be as bad as a lot of people forecast it. And uh, listen, I just love to watch baseball. So I'll, yeah, I'll be I think that's in. that's the best thing to take away from this. The weather's gotten better incrementally, and yeah, except for the Yankees and the Mets right now. Yes, the with the rain and the snow and the and snow and coming, the snow which is ridiculous. <laughs> there should be a dome there. Don't even get me started. I don't even know if there should be a team in Minnesota because of the weather. There like, should not be an open air stadium. When you have to play games in April and potentially October in Minnesota, yeah. it's foolish. Well, we don't want to talk your ear off too much, guys, so that will do it for another episode of the New York 20. Hope you enjoyed listening. Again, I am John. And I'm Tom. Uh, once again, later. See you next week. The New York 20 is brought to you by Subways. Subways, where 250 will get you to your destination. Maybe. <laughs>